Welcome back to The Conqueror Approach. Thank you for tuning into this episode with me and Dr. Eric Corum. I think you're going to get so much value out of this episode. Me and Dr. Eric talk about how stress impacts our overall health, the importance and power of sleep, the way a way to reframe stress in a way that empowers us to keep performing at a high level, what sleep really does to our brains and our recovery process and how much sleep we really need. We're also going to talk about the five pillars of wellness and the power of measuring your health and wellness with some of the cutting edge technology that Dr. Eric Korm has created and designed called AIM-7. You're really going to love this episode. Stay tuned. Most people fail at New Year's resolutions because they try to do so much at one time. Mm. It's consistency over intensity is what really matters. Small, tiny, little, micro adjustments repeated over time have a tremendous impact on health and wellness. The first and best victory is to conquer self. Welcome to the Conquer Approach, a journey of self-mastery to cultivate our faith, mindset, wellness, and to allow our light to shine upon the world. Brought to you by me, your host, faithful believer, U.S. Navy submarine veteran and coach, Musa McHale. Let's conquer. Thank you, Dr. Eric Korn, for joining me on The Conquer Approach today. I'm super excited to have you. Thank you so much, Musa, for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. You've accomplished so much, man. Reading your bio and seeing everything you're doing uh, in the realm of health, performance, and fitness, it's it's such a beautiful thing and so needed now in this uh, environment we live in, this world we live in, the modern age where it's so uh, sedentary and so unhealthy and obesity and, and just disease and all kinds of stuff, stressors that really bring us down as a whole. So it, it's so lovely and exciting to see the work you're doing. Uh, and it's a big part of this podcast because a lot, I feel a lot of people separate the mind, mindset, mentality, psychology, and the body and the physical body and the health and the, the performance aspect. And they don't, they don't realize how connected everything is. So I'm, I'm super excited to, to get to talk to you about this today. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, you nailed it. You can't separate mind from body. Um, the body doesn't differentiate between physical and psychological stress. It's just one input. And I think when we begin to understand and learn that, it gives us a little bit more sense of agency over what's happening in our lives. Yeah, and that, that's a huge topic uh, I wanted to talk to you about. An expert in this field for so many years, helping elite athletes around the world and the military and, and Olympic athletes. And uh, over, over the years, how, how, what did you discover about how stress impacts the overall health of somebody? Yeah, so first of all, stress gets a bad rap. Stress is not the enemy. Um, it's really like the gateway to growth. Um, if you want to get physically fit, what do you have to do? You have to deliberately engage in exercise, right? And exercise yeah. is a stress on the body. It's the, Your body is looking for a signal to create an adaptation. The signal comes in the form of stress, okay? And then your body... If the growth, the equation for growth is stress plus rest equals growth. It's really simple, um, but it's really easy to screw up. Uh, so when 
if you want to get, you know, better, if you want to learn a new skill, you have to deliberately engage in the difficult task of learning that creates plastic changes in your brain. Okay. Your, your nervous system adapts. Uh, if you want to improve your fitness, if you think about how many times somebody said they went through a difficult relationship and they came out on the other side, what stronger, why they stressed you were in the military. You understand that you went through a pipeline where they stress you, right? And then you come out and you feel like I'm more resilient. I can handle, I can take on more. So stress in and of itself is not a bad thing. My friend, Dr. Alex Arbach, he's a director of wellness development for the Toronto Raptors. He's an advisor for our, our company, AIM7. He has a great way of looking at this. Stress is just your brain and body preparing you to do something effortful. That's a unique way to think about it. I like that. Stress is is the energy that you need to go do something hard. The problem is when acute stress exceeds your capacity to adapt to it. That's when you have health and wellness issues. That's when your mental health breaks down. That's when your body can break down. Or you have this chronic low-grade fever of stress. It's just always there. right? And so what we want to do is we want to build the capacity to adapt to more stress with less cost. And everybody can do that. As a matter of fact, going back to your question about elite athletes, that was the one thing I noticed, whether I was working with an Olympic gold medal sprinter, Olympic gold medalist in sprint events, or it was an NFL football player, we could actually measure how their biology was adapting to stress. And we noticed that the best in the world could adapt to tremendous amounts of physical and psychological stress and bounce back really quick. So I got curious, like how can we develop, and we came up with a term for this, adaptive capacity. How can we build the capacity to adapt to more stress? And so my doctoral work was in how sleep impacts this process. And, um, and so we started learning and started creating a paradigm for how we can build more capacity to stress. Wow. That, that's a beautiful way to look at it because it's not necessarily that stress in and of itself is bad. It's more of a, a signal. like you, it, It's like information. And I love that term, adaptive capacity, because it, it's really just adapting. And I think when we get stuck in our own way and we're, and we're not willing to adapt or change the performance or just the, the way we're framing it in our mind or just doing something differently that's more effective, we get stuck in that that low grade fever of stress that you're talking about that really just affects like the human physical body in in a, in a strong way as well. And uh, Mm -hmm. I, I love that you're, you're an expert in the the sleep side of it because that's something I think is, is not a top priority for a lot of people, including myself. Sometimes it's, I got to get the work done. I got to do this and that. And (laughs) I got to, I got to build this business and I got to create outlines and do all these things. I'll sleep later. If I get four hours, I'm good. If I get five hours, I'm good. Definitely a thing in the military, you know, go day without sleep. And I'll be like, I'll be all right. Just give me more coffee. How does that affect (laughs) one's performance? Oh man, sleep is the golden chain that ties the health and the human body together. That's Thomas Decker. He was a British dramatist. He said that a long time ago, and it's so true. Um, First of all, before we talk about this, I don't want to create paranoia for people. Um, I have three children. There are times in life where you are just not going to get sleep, okay? But you can build robustness against that. Uh, when you were in the military, you know, you may have to be deployed to an austere location. 
And you have to be trained up for this. As a matter of fact, the Army has done a ton of research on naps and caffeine, and they've got it down to a science. My friend, Dr. Allison Brager, was part of those research studies, and they actually know how long you need to nap and how much caffeine you need to get to keep moving. But it's not, it's not something you can carry on forever. But sleep um, is our body's primary recovery mechanism. You know, you see all this stuff right now, but, oh, I got to get a sauna and a cold tub and all this kind of stuff. Like, slow your roll, man. Like, Let's let's start with the fundamentals. And I don't have a cold tub. I have a cold, I have a shower, right? Like if I want to get a cold tub, I have to like turn the shower on and hope it's cold enough, right? I, I'm a I'm a regular person. I don't have biohacking tools and all this kind of stuff. If you do the basics really, 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 really well, you're gonna see tremendous results. So when you sleep, a couple things happen. Number one. Uh, this is like your body's primary time for tissue regeneration and recovery. So growth hormone is released during slow wave sleep. Uh, for, for males, most of your testosterone is released during REM sleep. As a matter of fact, so I'll give you a little bit of an interesting tidbit here. So when you sleep, you sleep in 90 to 120 minute cycles of REM and non-REM. Okay, People hear about that deep sleep. That's like parts of slow wave. There's a pressure early on in sleep where most of those cycles are non-REM sleep. And as the night goes on, it becomes more REM sleep. This is really important to understand because your body is, has a slow wave sleep pressure. When you go to bed, it's going to push into slow wave quick. It's going to get that growth hormone release for tissue regeneration. As the night goes on and you get more into those REM phases, if you, if you go to bed and you only get five hours of sleep, you're cutting out of most of your REM sleep. And REM sleep is has a significant control or modulator over your mood, over executive functioning. So you're going to be a poor decision maker. You're going to be a grumpy individual. And you're not going to be able to make mood-appropriate behaviors. So basically, you're going to be a really bad teammate. Um, also, uh, for men, most of our testosterone is released during that time. And research demonstrates that if you take a guy and you – so when, after the age of 30 – you lose about one to two percent of your testosterone per year. Now you can slow that down by you know sleep, exercise, all these other things. But if you deprive somebody of sleep to five hours a night for one week, you age yourself almost a decade in the terms of testosterone. So a thirty-year-old's got the testosterone of a forty-year-old. It's like a ten to fifteen percent decrement. That sucks. Okay. So um, also, it's a lot. Yeah, and all these guys are out there trying to inject themselves with testosterone, the first thing you need to do is just sleep. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times things come back online. Um, another interesting thing is, is that um, in regards to, um, to your sleep patterns is when you sleep at night, um, your brain has a detoxification system. So that you have heard of the lymphatic system. In your body of this lymph system where it kind of flushes out metabolic waste products where well, your brain doesn't have a lymph system. About 15 years ago, we found out that your brain has this lymphatic system and it's only active during sleep. What happens is, is it flushes out metabolic waste products. So the cerebrospinal fluid goes in your brain, kind of mixes it around. And then there's these little, what are called paravascular pathways and flushes this junk out. One of those metabolic waste products is called beta amyloid which is associated with Alzheimer's disease and dementia. Coincidentally, Alzheimer's disease is ramping up like crazy. Neurodegenerative diseases in our population are going through the roof. At the same time, sleep is dropping and plummeting. So if when you sleep, your brain detoxifies itself, 
and you're not getting enough sleep, guess what? You got all this metabolic crap stuck in your brain. And we know that that's leading to neurodegenerative diseases. Also, this is why we think when you get a good night's rest, you wake up and you feel rejuvenated, you feel fresh. Because your brain literally doesn't have crap in it. It's kind of crazy. Uh, the other thing is that happens when you sleep is uh, it's the finalization of learning and neuroplasticity. So neuroplasticity is your brain's ability to modify itself in response to experience, how you learn, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say, you know, you're, you're building a, a course right now. You're doing all these cool things, right? To build out your solopreneur career. You're grinding hard. You're, you're acquiring new skills, right? You're stressing yourself. What happens when you learn something new is there's neurotransmitters that literally mark those neurons in your brain that you use during the day. When you go to sleep at night, um, those neurons actually increase in diameter. It's called um, synaptic homeostasis. Other ones shrink. So the use it or lose it phenomenon is real. This was just discovered in the past 10 years. And so the best way that you can cement learning is stress yourself during the day, get plenty of sleep at night. Um, would you want to keep going down this rabbit hole? This is, this is good stuff because people just downgrade it and think that they can make up for it in caffeine and monsters and energy drinks. And I, I'm sure I've seen several people in the military operate solely on energy drinks without even having water. Like that's how, <laughs> how much, you know, this is an issue. But, but, but since we're talking about it and there's like a thousand different opinions on it from a, from a, a true scientific point of view, what is the, the goal and how much sleep we should get? And if we're not getting that, what, what's an easy way to start uh, adjusting that? I'm not dogmatic about many things, but there is no opinion on this one. Um, the research is overwhelmingly clear. You need seven to nine hours a night. If you're that person that's like, oh, man, I'm good on five and a half hours, I can guarantee you, you're probably not the person with the genetic polymorphism, the little genetic snip that allows you to go five hours a night. It's like a fraction of 1% of the population. So... Um, first of all, most of us overestimate our sleep by about a half an hour. So if you're like, I'm going to bed at 11 and waking up at six, I'm getting seven. You're not, you're getting more like six and a half. Um, research demonstrates that there's a U shaped curve, meaning like when you sleep below than seven, below seven or, or more than nine, you have a higher risk of type two diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and an increased risk of dying in an early death. Um, there was a twin. So if you really want to understand how behavior impacts biological function, you look at twin studies because twins are genetically similar. So if one mm -hmm. twin has one behavior and the other one doesn't, now you can see what happens, right? There was a, a 20 year study with 21,000 twin pairs. And they found that the twin that slept less than seven hours a night had a 24% greater increased risk of early death. That's freaking scary. So the first one is duration. You need seven to nine hours a night. The second is when you go to bed. So there was a study done by the Broad Institute at MIT and Harvard, along with the University of Colorado, with 800,000 people in the UK Biobank. They had 23ME genetic data, sleep diaries, sleep trackers, all this stuff. What they wanted to understand was, you've heard of chronotypes before? Yeah. 
Yeah. So earlier, you know, morning or evening, like mm-hmm. genetically, only about 9% of people are actually an evening type. Mm-hmm. Most of us are morning folks, but because of this, uh, I'm holding my camera for all of you that are listening, my, my, my cell phone, we're up all night, right? We've, we've, we've put stimulus into our, into our body, into our systems through TV, through social media, whatever that are keeping us up. So they found this study that if just shifting your bedtime back one hour, reduced your risk of major depression by 23% with 800,000 people. You shifted it back two hours, it was a 40% reduction. Now, now the question is like, why? Right? Why? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two things that drive sleep. There's what's called a homeostatic drive, and that is primarily biochemical. So there's something called adenosine. It builds up in your system as the day goes on and it makes you sleepy. When you drink caffeine, it blocks adenosine receptors and you have a short window of time where you feel more alert, right? It's a neuroactivate stimulant. It's the most commonly consumed stimulant in the world. I love coffee, by the way. I was just drinking a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's, you know, I cut my coffee off by two o'clock. Um, nothing wrong with coffee. We could talk about that later if you want. But um, the second is a circadian process. Now, circadian means about 24 hours. And what drives or anchors the circadian clock are roughly five things. Light, temperature, humidity, food, and movement or exercise. The strongest one, strongest, what's called Zeitgeber or time giver is sunlight. When you view, this is like the first thing we learned when I was getting my doctoral degree, like, I don't know. It's almost 10 years ago now. It's kind of sad. Um, is these processes. And when you view sunlight early in the morning, um, there's these special cells in your eyes that interact with the quality and wavelength of light. And it stimulates a bundle of nerves that sits above the roof of your mouth called the suprachiasmatic nucleus or the SCN, the circadian pacemaker. It then sends a signal to the rest of your body by spiking cortisol, which makes you alert, and increasing body temperature that it's time to be alert awake. It also, the more sunlight exposure you have during the day, impacts how much your pineal gland releases melatonin at night, which makes you sleepy. Mm. What those researchers found was, is when you go to bed earlier and you wake up earlier, you get more natural sunlight exposure, which sets up a cascade of hormonal and neurological events, which prevent depression. Think about how crazy that is. We got all these people that are suffering from mental health issues. And one of the strongest things they could do is just go to bed early and go outside. It's as if the humans were designed to not be nocturnal animals. You nailed it. And I love that word design. Uh, I am a person of faith, but whether or not, whatever you believe, the human organism is designed for a very specific environment, right? Uh, we need oxygen. We need sunlight. All this, our environment, our world, it's all one ecosystem. And so um, it's really important that we make sure that all of these things are anchored and are working together. We were not designed to live indoors all the time. So do yourself a favor. When you wake up in the morning before 10 o'clock, get 10 minutes of light exposure. Even if you live in Seattle or Finland or sweet where, you know, it's more cloudy. It doesn't matter. 
the intensity of that light is so much brighter that it's going to help anchor your clock versus light indoors. Mm. That's so brilliant. And my, my, my next question, if you, if you can quickly answer, is it bad if you get too much sleep like, or what is too much sleep? Cause yeah, I, cause over I, cause nine I feel like hours. Can... Okay. So this is kind of a tricky one because we do see that diabetes, like if people that, so correlation isn't always causation, right? Mm-hmm. So when people sleep more than nine hours a night, they see a relationship with cardiometabolic disease, cardiovascular disease, all these kind of things. Is that because are they sleeping more because they're overweight and obese and not moving? Or is it the sleep that's causing those things? Mm-hmm. I tend to believe that if you're not moving very much, you're overweight, you're not that you're going to see these real these types of behaviors, right? You're just not moving. You're, what are you doing? You're sitting on your butt, going to bed, sleeping all the time, not moving. Um, elite athletes that are training four to five hours a day, them sleeping ten hours a night may be really important. Mm-hmm. But the average person, you know, if you can get seven and a half, eight hours a night consistently, like, and look. I'm a realist. The past two weeks, so my company, we're raising a seed round of financing right now to scale our company. Past two weeks, I was on the road pitching, meeting with investors. I didn't get seven hours a night for two straight weeks. Uh, but I built up a reserve and had all these healthy habits surrounding that nutrition, exercise, all of these other fundamental pillars. So that when life got chaotic, did I crumble and get sick? No. No, you look great. I built the resilience. So what I want to say is, is like, get this out there is you can, if you, if you train yourself, right, you're either in the world I was in, and I believe the same one you're in, you're either trained or untrained. If you train yourself to engage in the right habits, when the crazy hecticness of life hits, you'll be able to thrive and you'll be able to push past others. And then you got to go back into your rhythm again. So I don't want people to be thinking that they have to live in this crazy fantasy of a world. <laughs> that's that's also what's exciting about it is our bodies are malleable. Like they can recover. Like if you haven't mm. slept in a couple of weeks, well, and if you if you get back on track, if you start training yourself, which I I love that term, the, the training. When you, when you look at it as like I'm training to do something to get better and improve at it, it's a it's a better approach, I think, than. I'm just going to start doing it or I'm going to try to do it. It's I'm training because mm-hmm. it might not be perfect. If you, if you've been on the night shift forever or whatever, it's not going to be perfect all overnight. Cause you heard this podcast, but you start <laughs> training, you start training like an athlete would to improve that uh, part of their life. So I, I, I love that, that you said that, but, but it also reminds me it, it can also be an indication, right? Like if you are sleeping, let's say I, I, I slept eight hours, but I, I'm still sluggish and, and I feel drained. What does that tell me about my other habits of health or just actions in life? Great question. So there's five pillars for building adaptive capacity. Sleep, exercise, mental fitness, nutrition, and fostering healthy relationships. Um. The scientific literature is very clear. If you hit a threshold in all five of those areas, I'm not talking about like you're going to the box and eating quinoa with your bros two hours a day. If you are, 
thumbs up. But but most people in America just aren't, right? Um, because that does a lot of things. Now you get your exercise, now you get your community, now you get your nutrition. Well, you know, most of us are just like, man, I got 30 minutes today. But if you can hit a, a baseline threshold in those five areas, um, the scientific literature demonstrates that you're gonna be more resilient to stress, you're gonna live longer, and you're gonna be more adaptable. And so uh, those are the things that we focus on and I focus on is having a balance of those five. So, and you can't be perfect at all five at one time. Hmm. So like my aim seven app right now is telling me I need to spend more time on my mental fitness. And I, it's right. I haven't done mindfulness in several weeks. I haven't, and I got to get back on track, but you know what? I've been prioritizing these other things. Life is messy and crazy and chaotic. I don't want to try to paint this clean picture. Um, but you keep pushing the ball down the field in these five areas, you're going to be a more robust human being. I love that. And then the idea of the pillars, right? Because if, if one's destroyed, it loses its stability. Then you have a multiple, if, if three or four of them are, are busted, you crumble. Mm. So it's, it's building habits and in, in, in those areas and sleep is in, ex, extremely important, but it's not the cure for everything. If, if you still eat garbage and you don't exercise at all, like you're still going to feel less than your optimal state. And I, I think that's one of the things I, I, I want to help people with is to change their belief in mm. how they view their overall health and not to necessarily just give it, give all their power away to whatever the doctor says, who's not trained in sports medicine or nutrition for most part, <laughs> not you, but like a, a, a medicine doctor. I understand. Medicine, yeah. You know? A medical doctor. Yeah. But to get advice from people who are, are truly studying these things like you are, what, what kind of belief shifts do you see or tell people or coach people on to start really taking health into their own hands? Mm. First, I want to say that medical doctors have their place. And um, I think more doctors now, we're actually starting to partner with more doctors because people come into the clinic, they're sick, and they're like, hey, you know what you need to do? Exercise, eat better, do these things. And, but they don't, you know, that's, that's a lifestyle modification. It's a behavior mm -hmm. change. Um, one of the most powerful things you can do, so if, if wellness is your goal, First of all, most people fail at New Year's resolutions because they try to do so much at one time. Mm. It's consistency over intensity is what really matters. Small, tiny, little, micro adjustments repeated over time have a tremendous impact on health and wellness. So the first thing we like to teach people is like to link, to identify their values. What do you value in life? For me, my, my core values are faith, family, health, and excellence. Okay? Those are the things. Those, that's the unchangeable part of who I am. You can't change something if there's not an unchangeable part of who you are. Or else you'll have an you know, unstable foundation. Hmm. Then what you have to do is go, okay, where is my, what goal am I going after? So goals are about a direction. Our goals are about a destination. Values are about a direction. Does that make sense? Like goals that. are about like a future state. Values are about who I want to be right here, right now. So what we do is if you identify your values and you know where you want to go, you have clarity on that, then you can take action anchored in your values. 
I'm going to go on a 30 minute walk today because I value excellence. I want to be excellent. I value my health. For a lot of parents I know or people I talk to, I they they, you know, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna eat better food because I value my children and I want to be a I want to be ambul. I want to be around and jumping around and playing with my kids, you know, whatever. Mm. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go to bed earlier because I want to have independence in my financial situation. And so I'm building a side hustle so that, um, I'm financially stable and I'm not at the behest of whatever company is going to fire me tomorrow. Now I have life on my terms, or at least I get my freedom of time back. So that's the construct that we like to use and we find it's very effective and you can use it in any part of your life. I love that because I feel I've seen it and I've done it also where we want to change something and we start just doing things differently. Oh, we see the do these three things and you're going to just, everything's going to change. But if, if we don't link it to a, a value or to the our identity in a way, or who we are, who we're becoming, or what direction we're going, and like why that's important to us is just another. It's a behavior modification that doesn't really last. It's the New Year's Eve resolutions that don't change. Because if if you if you have that leverage, if you create leverage for yourself, why is getting healthy important to you? Rather than just I want to do it to look good, like why is that going to change your life if you're able to have more energy and you know, perform well and, and all the other things that you're giving to your family, to your mission, to your purpose. So I, I, I love the way that you, you put that together. And I want to talk about before we wrap up aim seven, because oh, yeah. this is something that's super exciting. And I, I think it's an amazing thing because I tell people all the time that you cannot manage what you don't measure. And mm. you've created this app and software that allows you to really measure all kinds of levels. Could you, could you tell us about AIM-7 and, and the mission and, and how it works and what, what, where it's going? Thank you so much. Um, yeah, there's over 125 million Americans right now that have a wearable device, like an Apple Watch or Fitbit or Garmin. And they have these devices because they want to change their behavior. They want to sleep better, exercise more, all the things we just talked about. But wearables don't change behavior. They just measure it. The devices show you data, but they don't tell you exactly how to use it to improve your health and wellness. And so what we do at AIM7 is we provide our customers daily personalized recommendations for mind, body, and recovery to help you look, feel, and perform better. So exactly how hard should I exercise today? What type should I do? And how long should I exercise? Um, I'm stressed out right now. AIM-7 will push you a specific breathwork tool in the moment to help you calm down, improve performance. Um, na sleep, napping, all this stuff. And then what we do is, is after about seven days, we analyze all your data and we're like, here's the one area you need to focus on. This is built for busy people. They don't have time to go download their health data and Excel spreadsheets and run pivot tables, right? It's like, what do I need to focus on that's going to have the biggest return? We create one tiny little goal. And then we wrap that in education. All the stuff we've been talking about, we have a masterclass library in there of short videos of 90 seconds to two minutes from world-leading experts. So you're like, okay, AIM-7 says I need to work on sleep. And you're going to go through a whole series of videos at your pace that are a little short, like everything from 
how to the sunlight to the bedroom to how do you create the conditions for this, the behaviors, the habits. And then we create little tiny little goals. And then once you kind of hit a certain threshold, we go to the next piece. So this is meant to be like a companion for long-term health and wellness behavior change. And the average person that uses our app for just 30 days is experiencing double-digit improvements and like a 20% improvement in motivation and energy, sleep quality. And it's because we're giving them that right dose of stress and the right dose of rest. And so um, this is a passion project for me because... There's just, you know, my previous career in sports, I pioneered athlete wearables. So if you ever seen an NFL game, you see somebody running on the field, it's like the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm like, oh, so-and-so is running 20 miles an hour. I brought that technology to the U.S. about 12 years ago mm-hmm. and opened a multi-billion dollar market here in the U.S. But the problem was at the beginning, it was just all this data and we knew what to do with it. Once we solved that, we were able to really improve player health and performance. And I saw the same problem with the 330 million Americans you know, they got all these people have got all this data. And so we're making it actionable, easy to use for anybody that's got a wearable device. Wow. I love it. I love it. It's so, it's so exciting to me because you're, you're bringing technology and tools that the elite athletes that people admire so much and wonder like, how, how, how does the rock look so great or whatever? Like, how is he so strong? <laughs> like, <laughs> Cause, cause he has people like you to help him. He's not doing all himself. He has coaches, he has tools, he has uh, doctors, he has help, he has experts to, to help him. I love perform. the rock too, man. I we can get the rock it. to push both your podcast. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> right. That'd be good. That'd be a good sponsorship. I think you would blow up from that, but yeah, uh-huh. that I, I, I love it, man. And, and the fact that we can measure these things that we're not really aware of all the time. And it, mm-hmm. it's awareness before we can change. If if I'm not even consciously thinking about my mood, but this tool, AIM7, allows me to evaluate my mood. I'm like, oh, at 8 in the morning, I always feel pissed off <laughs> right before I go to work or whatever. It's like, well, that's good. That's good to notice there. And then now you can start making adjustments in your life. So I think, I, I think AIM7 is a revolutionary tool. And I'm so excited uh, for you and, and Thank everything you. you're doing. Well, you got a lifetime membership for free. Uh, uh, I really appreciate that, man. We, you uh, know, we are a bunch you. of mission-driven people that really are out there to make a change. And a lot of us have left careers in sports or big, you know, Fortune 50 companies because we just, just like you, we're passionate. We we believe in something, and we want to help people that don't have access to the tools you just talked about. So. Um, now with technology, you can bring it to anybody, anywhere in the world. And um, the cool thing about this, it's not in the app stores. You have to go to our website. But in the first month, you get four Zoom calls with me and my team. And you're going to learn about adaptive capacity. You're going to learn about all this stuff. And it's uh, and, um, and then, you know, it's kind of this small little community right now. We'll probably bring it in the app store in the fall. But right now, we're just really hyper-focused on giving people an amazing experience and building a product that they just love and enjoy. And so we're taking our time with it, which I think is the way you build anything that's excellent. So thank you so much for saying that. No, thank you. And, you know, I just want to remind everyone that success is a team sport and success Mm. in your wellness and your health is a team sport. So getting people like Dr. Corum in in your life or or getting experts to to have those Zoom calls, to have these conversations, to fill yourself with the content and knowledge 
Dr. Corm also has the Blueprint podcast. If you love this this episode, just go subscribe to him. Get this information and start making changes in your life. Download AIM7. Go to the website. I have it linked in the in the show notes here. Uh, and, and start getting people to support you in this area. I, we're not designed to just do everything alone. And if you see the elite people in this world and you wonder how they do it, they get help from people who are experts like Dr. Corm. They get the tools and, and just do yourself a service by allowing people to help you in the areas you're struggling. You don't have to, you know, have diabetes and have these diseases and be sluggish and, and, and struggle and be depressed, get help and, and subscribe to Dr. Corm's podcast too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're awesome. No, you're awesome. And thank you so much again, man. The, The greatest gift we could give is our time. And I know it's Memorial day weekend and you're out, uh, you're, you're, parents house and i just appreciate you for taking the time out to do this with me thank you for having me on the show it's a privilege and an honor to be here thank you and uh, we'll talk to you soon all right i appreciate you again that is all for this episode thank you for tuning in if you found any value in this episode someone you know will also please share subscribe leave a rating and review so we can reach more people Have a farther ripple and a larger impact. Stay grateful. I appreciate you. And remember, you are a conqueror.